1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bonsai V, this is Coon, along with Zach. Hello,
0: hello. And
1: today, we bring you Made in the Abyss, and some other things.
0: An exciting anime season. I've finally done it. Every season, we review the shows, or not even review them, we preview them, is the right word. And I say, this season looks great. I want to watch everything.
1: 14 shows, and you watched 3. Yeah.
0: And then yeah, sometimes you watch like one episode of everything. But I never watch that as many as I think. But this time, I think I'm watching as many, if not more.
1: That's actually, good. as
0: many. Let's, let's just say as many. I'm watching like six things. And I'm current with like three of them, which I don't think has ever happened. Mm-hmm. In like the recent three years, <laughs> right? I'm always behind. I'm like, oh, that one came out. Well, I'm actually three behind. But I'm current with JoJo's. Goblin Slayer and Nearly Zombieland. I think one came out this week I haven't seen, but I mean that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. No, I mean uh I mean I remember I did the I did the massive review of the first episodes and it was fun, mm. but I didn't go I didn't stick with that many shows and the problem is like you forget one week and you're like, ah, eh, okay, whatever. You know, I don't know. Right. I don't have the stick to anymore. Well, yeah, I think
0: this season it helped me watching anime wise because like I'm really into Jojo and that's when I want to watch like every Friday when it comes out. And like because I have that attitude about one show, it was easier to stay current with other things because I mean, if I watch something for 21 minutes, you know, after the outro and intro cut out. Yep. Chances are, I'm like ready to be watching more than that, and I'll like load up something else.
1: I hear you. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's
0: helping me stay current because no one, like, if I set aside time to watch something, I'm not just doing it for 21 minutes, probably like an hour.
1: No, I hear you. So, uh, I guess we'll just transition into what we're watching. Um, so as I told on the last episode, I'm still watching, uh, SSSSS Gridman, and I'm on episode, I just finished episode four. And you know, episode four is usually like that episode where it's like Okay, where are they where where are they going? Giving it given it this many shows. And uh it's still interesting. But now they're like starting to put in plots of like the main character liking the girl with the thick thighs. <laughs> and like, who doesn't? Exactly, who doesn't? So I don't know. I'm still interested in watching it, though. I'm going to finish it because...
0: I know nothing other than the Thick Thighs about it. What What is the plot, <clears throat> if not the romance? Like, what's what's the theme of the show? I don't even know.
1: So, this guy wakes up, and he has no memory, like this kid. And he was brought in by the girl with the Thick Thighs, who owned, mm-hmm. whose, whose mom owns a junk shop. So, they just have a bunch of old electronics and old stuff like that. A person on this old eighties computer starts talking to Yuta, that's his name, um, and is like, hey, I'm Gridman. You have a mission. Remember your mission. And basically uh, Kaiju are you familiar with the word kaiju?
0: Is in like monsters like yes, Godzilla?
1: Exactly, exactly. Kaiju monsters. Um, yeah. they are they're wrecking the city. And so a kaiju attacks the city <coughs> and um he turns into Gridman and fights it but people die but after the fight things are restru- re kind of reset but the people who died are no longer are there so like the first episode the school is destroyed and four of the classmates were killed and they were like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! So and so and so and so and so and so. Well, it turns out they went to their houses, and you know they died as like middle schoolers. But now they're in high school, mm. so um, they're trying to figure out like why the world resets. But when people die during the events, they're you know they're dead.
0: They get like written out of history, yeah. <laughs> Recent history,
1: yeah." Um, yeah, as well as you know, the guy has no memory, and then there's other people who show up to help as part of the you know Gridman thing. There's a girl who basically is creating these; she's whittling these um, monsters out of like clay, and then they get turned into real things. And so
0: is she evil, or is she accidentally doing that?
1: <laughs> she's evil, but like she's like the class like cute girl, and like everyone like wants to be with her, and she's like super cute but in reality she's like a slob and like you know wants to recapture. fuck and, everyone yeah basically yeah so it's it's interesting from the map standpoint but it's kind of weird like they finally start bringing in the technology portion because like these characters keep showing up and like can help turn the grid man it, it very much felt like you know common rider or you know put it more bluntly power rangers where mm-hmm. okay uh, you have the Megazord. But the Megazord also has a sword. Well, the guy uh we meet who's like an idiot like uh he's like a dumb ninja or not a ninja, like a samurai. He can turn into a sword and help Gridman. And then there's other characters who are their other parts like are uh. like, yeah. It's very much like a toy commercial. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still fun to watch the technology aspect just came up in episode four where they tried to bring everyone together but the computer like conked out and like as soon as the computer died like everyone came back because everyone was frozen in like in real time during hmm. the fight it, it's it's weird um it's weird but yeah it's a fun show i mean like i don't know there's a lot of good questions that get asked but it's one of these things where it's like i don't know episode four was kind of one of those things where it's like oh man now they're trying to bring like a relationship into this like i i, I don't want a relationship like i don't want the main character to do anything like figure out why you don't have a memory and and all this other bullshit don't fuck your feelings mm-hmm. You know, but they're trying to, like... Shoot why the evil
0: person can whittle dolls into monsters. Yeah, exactly. And, like,
1: why does she... What uh, has this ambition? And that she has, like, a... a uh, basically, she has a version of Gridman as well on her computer screen named Anti. And basically... <laughs> yes. That's
0: pretty on-the-nose. on the, n- on the nose. Anti-Gridman.
1: Pretty much. Interesting. You know what? I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I <laughs> didn't, me, even, put two it, I like didn't that, even put and two really and two together. i did not and anything there. Yeah, I didn't even put two and two together. Mm. Her
0: technology is just anti-grid, man.
1: Pretty much. And she has a newer computer because it's her home computer. But it's funny, Ooh. her bedroom is like full of like trash bags, like all neatly stacked up. Like her entire room is nothing but rolls rows of trash <laughs> bags and like two big like, welcome shelves. Welcome for the NHK. Pretty much. That's what I thought. I was like, huh. <laughs> it's Hikikomori syndrome.
0: Yeah. Damn you, NHK. That's pretty funny. Yes.
1: So, yeah, I didn't even fucking put two together. God, I'm (laughs) dense. Um, I've also been watching... uh, That time I got reincarnated as a slime. I've only watched up to episode two... No, episode three. And so far, I'm just kind of meh. Like, it's a fun little show, but it's kind of like... Do you ever watch The Simpsons?
0: Yeah, I did today, actually. I watched the one where... He invites some antique store guy over, and he's afraid he's turning Bart gay.
1: Oh, that it's one's old one. as hell. Yeah, John. It is an older one. Yeah, that's from, like, 1995. <laughs> I mean, he puts him in front of the billboard, and he's like, you watch this billboard for four yeah, hours. How are feeling
0: now? Well, I kind of want a cigarette.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Slims. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. We play hard. We work hard. Uh, <laughs> we work hard. We play hard. Um yeah it's a good episode but uh there's a there's a thing where comic book guy in the later seasons comes up with his own comic called Everyman and the premise is he can touch any comic book and he can gain the powers of the superhero from the comic book this is what uh this is exactly what I feel like with that time I got reincarnated as a slime like he's like getting every single freaking thing from just saying it Or whatever. And it's like, oh, hey, you can do anything and everything.
0: Yeah, notice that in the first episode. He's dying and he's like, I'm so cold and it's like frost resistance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just as bad too.
1: It's just as bad too when he, you know, because he's running around getting the, he can make potions and it's like he can get anything and everything. And it's kind of dumb because it's like, okay, this, this is like, okay, he's a slime. Ha ha ha. But yet he yeah, can, I see like, what they're
0: doing. They're ty- They're turning the most useless uh, enemy character in every RPG into something that's like enviable and powerful. Yep. So that's funny, haha, but also they have to make a show out of it, so where do they go from there?
1: Yeah, that's where i got to keep My watching. My main
0: complaint is anime, there's a lot of good anime in general. I mean, I wouldn't be watching it, I guess, if I wasn't a fan. But the point being that... Most of them need a pretty good pilot episode to hook me if I don't know what their franchise is about. And that pilot episode, (laughs) so to speak, the first episode, was him dying like every other isekai and then talking to a dragon for 15 minutes while eating grass. And, like, that's not an appropriate hook if they want me to watch their show. (laughs) Like, without knowing anything else about the show, like, that's pretty boring.
1: Yeah. No, and I agree, and that's pretty common. I mean, look at Goblin Slayer. You know, I think it that got a had lot of attention because of the, yeah, because the, of the rape. Yeah. yeah. And so.
0: You almost have to when there's like, you know. Yeah, it's like well, five isekai shows a season. You got to stand out in the first one, and that one didn't.
1: Yeah, and like you were saying before you started recording, like, they need to get out of this fucking isekai kick. Like, Jesus fuck. Mm-hmm. They have run out. You know the, what? You the know what they need kick. more of? We need more of fucking Konosuba. Give us more motherfucking Konosuba. Only East I'd be happy
0: watch. if anime went to a trend where like half of it's really gritty, not so much super violent like Akira, mm-hmm. like super violent sci-fi, but I want like half of it to go to gritty and dark, and then half of it just to be like rom-coms. So those are probably my two favorite genres.
1: Uh, no, I mean I like a, I like a structure of different things to watch because you never know. I mean I I don't think I'd ever watch a show about being a slime. I was like. <laughs> I don't give a shit about fantasy stuff I still don't You know, same with Konosuba I mean, unless, if I didn't know it was not a comedy I would have said, oh, it's like Berserk, okay, whatever Like, I can't watch Berserk It's too far gone The fantasy realm for me Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You gotta be a hardcore, like, Dungeons and Dragons Like, role-playing, like, super nerd You know, like
0: Which, funnily, is what Goblin Slayer is the hmm. presumption about their world that you can glean as the audience is that it's basically just a D and D world. Because in the opening, they have a bunch of dice being rolled, and there's things and they, there's references they make to like a larger <clears> game and like a puppet master, aka the dungeon master and stuff.
1: Gotcha, huh? Well, there you go. Uh, it's funny. Not...
0: I don't know how it's going to affect the story, but
1: yeah, <laughs> the last episode it was all a dream of one of the players.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all D and D is in general is the
1: yeah, machinations yeah. of whoever's Mag- playing it. Imagination, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, I, just, I remember seeing a post on Reddit where someone was like, ah, "Do you think with these references that they're alluding to D and D?" And I didn't comment or anything, but but yes, it's very obvious. I don't know how people are questioning it. The li- literally the whole opening is both about players rolling a dice and playing a game and then visually it's just a million dice being thrown around so hmm. <laughs> and there's no dice in the actual show so you have to imagine it's
1: but you know what's funny is I, I bitch about things like this but I love Tower of Duraga
0: oh yeah, but yeah I,
1: I think what I liked about that though <laughs> was like the adventure kind of like today's review you know watching yeah. a character Watching yeah, It's important
0: another. for a show to have depth within its genre. Made in yeah. Abyss is good because it goes from very Disney to very dark and back again.
1: Yep, yeah, we'll get there. Though it's
0: work. able to tread the line outside of its genre.
1: Yeah. So what are you been and watching?
0: Some shows can't.
1: Yeah, no, well, very true. I very I true.
0: Mentioned Goblin Slayer. I'm watching that. Um, the first episode's too over the top. I was actually. <clears throat> I don't know if it was controversial. I suppose so. If they're so
1: Zaldar took the stance of who the fuck cares it happened and stopped making a big deal out of it. That's the way I took his because he talked about that in the last episode and uh, you know, it was kind of like, okay, well, yeah, whatever, rape happened. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: I don't... So, uh, okay, that's, that's an interesting... Not interesting is what a normal person's stance should be, I think, right? Because, you know, it's media... So I guess I would have a complaint with its shock value if it wasn't related to the story. So let's say instead of goblins, it's called Goblin Slayer, right? And the beginning scene has, I don't know, ogres raping people. And it's like, wow, isn't that dramatic? But not related to the villain of the story, goblins? And then I would be upset. But because they're using it to like set up the whole villain of the show, um, I think it's fine. And... Like, shock value for shock's sake is wrong, but if it's important to the story, fine. Similar to JoJo, where they're like, eh, I've heard people complain that there's too much animal cruelty in it. Yeah, and he's I kicking argue, that dog,
1: and then he baked it.
0: Yeah, but I always argue, what better way to show someone's a villain than animal abuse, right? Well,
1: that, and everybody can relate to, like, oh, man, I mean, like unless you're a heartless jackass. Yeah, right, you feel bad animals. for the
0: dog, and you're like... But yeah, but nah, you can I'm-
1: review, because it's like, oh, I have a cat. I love my cat. I'd hate for something to happen to it. You know,
0: so. Right, so I think because Goblin Slayer used it in that way, they're like, "Look, we're establishing this as a villain because they're raping people, and that definitely should be upsetting to people." Similar to the animal abuse, Dio seems like one, one evil bastard when he puts Danny or JoJo's dog Danny in like the kiln, the trash yeah. incinerator. It's very easy to use that as a good way to set up a villain, and they use it all throughout JoJo's. Animal abuse is like a very. <laughs>
1: Oh no, he's punching that raccoon. Get him.
0: Yeah, no, it happens over and over. There was Uh, a raccoon, actually. Wait, what? In the third arc, there's a (laughs) raccoon in the park and this guy like starts kicking it. And he's one of the villains later, and it's like it's a good way to establish a villain.
1: Maybe he was defending himself. He didn't want rabies.
0: Yeah, maybe. It was daytime. (laughs) In the show.
1: Fucking merciless cat merciless raccoons
0: was so my st- stance on it is it, it
1: didn't Yeah, no, I hear you.
0: It didn't hook me into the show, but because they used it like appropriately, i am not offended by it.
1: So what keeps you watching Dead Goblin Slayer? Like what's, what's Yeah, so now out?
0: after the initial shock value, they have some more shocking episodes. Huh. Um I don't know. And watching it today, I was wondering that. Whereas before I liked it because uh, it was kind of a twist on that type of show where he is only willing to kill goblins. All these adventurers are doing heroic things, mm-hmm. defeating demons. And he's like, but goblins are the only things that have affected my life in like a negative way. I don't care about the distant problems of the capital fighting demons. Gotcha. Like my whole village was burnt down by goblins and my sister was raped and killed. And he's like, goblins are definitely the real enemy. Gotcha. But then it's kind of divulged into being silly of... He meets up with his party, they go kill goblins, something tragic happens. Uh, the girl character is upset that he might not always be around because he's doing a dangerous thing and she likes him. And he's just apathetic to everything except for killing goblins. And it's almost like too much of a, of a trope or a meme at this point for me to continue watching. I mean, I only have two more episodes, so I'll just watch it. But yeah, uh, the, the initial hook was that it was turning the genre a different direction. But now I realize it's not necessarily doing that. I don't know. Hmm. And the character interactions aren't good. I guess I just watched it. Because I started watching it and that seemed fine. But compared to other shows this season, it is the worst, I think. Of the ones I'm watching. And then JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is great. We keep having better and better stand battles. And it's only like the first 10 episodes of the season. So that's really exciting. Um, the story is good, much better than the last one. I didn't like the Josuke arc. Uh, this one takes place in Italy with Dio's... Um, well, you can assume it's Dio's son like uh, that no one knew about. But he's a good guy. And uh, they're in an Italian gang, and their goal is to reach the top and kill the boss of it because... He's trafficking drugs using children, and the main characters don't like that. So it's a a noble cause. So -hmm. there's, like, five main good guys, and instead of fighting them all, he essentially joins the organization and finds out that there's other people working counter to the boss, and he, like, joins them. So they're all part of the gang organization but secretly working against the boss. But then also the main villains of the show are a group of people that also want to kill the boss, but just to take over the organization for themselves. And it's a big mystery who the boss is. No one knows. Um, I kind of hope it's Dio, although not realistic. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. And so it's weird that the villains and the good guys have the same goal, but they got to go about it differently, and they have different reasons why. And they run into each other, and there's lots of stand battles. So that's huh. it's a fun show. Well, there you go. It's uh, not as good as the first season, obviously, but it's probably as good as the Egypt arc and way better than the recent one. Maybe even better than the Egypt arc, because that one didn't really have as many motivations so much as just getting to Dio. This one has more story. Uh, I watched, like, the first four of A Certain Magical Index. Um, That one's hard to watch, as much as I love Railgun. Her character's so minor in index mm-hmm. that like the show is painful to watch for me because i don't like the main characters also i have no clue what's going on and apparently the main character doesn't either there's always some plot point brought up and i'm like well it's been three years since i've seen it so you're Maybe just more. forgetting things yeah yeah i thought i forgot it but no the character like also doesn't know so apparently we're not supposed to know as the audience and it's hinted that he has memory loss i don't remember when he lost his memory probably last season so he's like, I don't have memory loss. I don't know what's going on. And then I also don't know if I'm supposed to know what's going on as the audience. Because I don't remember. So it's just it's confusing. But the story isn't in depth anyway. So it's fine. I'm not lost. So overall, it's just not enjoyable. Because I have no idea what's going on. And it's not very good. <laughs> hmm. And the, the action isn't good either. I don't think in this sh- in this one. So not a big fan. I'll watch it when Railgun comes out. And, like, I'm forced to watch it to know the story for the spinoff. But... Well, uh, and then I'm watching Sword Art, so...
1: Oh, yeah, how's that? I, I tried watching it. It was so different the first episode. I was like, I, I, are these new characters? What's going on? Like, and I just kind of yeah. said, I'll so it's watch weird. it later. The first
0: episode, uh, Kirito is testing a new thing where they're trying to put the souls of people into games. The it's kind fuck? of like a weird determinism thing. So I guess... Depending on your religious belief, this might seem silly, but basically they found a way to take the soul of a person and put it in a baby in a game, and then fast forward it in virtual time and like grow a real person like you in three weeks or something in the game. With the idea that because of determinism, you're kinda of gonna be the same person if they somehow take your soul and put it in a new body, you'd live out a similar life. Uh, so they're doing that as an experiment. And then Kirito's helping them with it as, like, his job, because now he wants to be similar to the past shows, like the second one where he makes, like, a camera for the girl and stuff to go to school and for Mm -hmm. Yui. Um, He wants to be, like, a developer for all the VR stuff. So that's fine. But that's why the first episode's so weird, because it takes place in that weird fantasy world, Uh, and you have no idea why. But then the second episode is outside of it, and he explains that that's his part-time job. Um, What happens is it blocks all of his memories from the outside world when he's using it. And he also can't take it with him. He doesn't know what happens inside. It's like two separate selves. But then he gets stabbed for some reason by, like, the laughing coffin guy who apparently still isn't in jail from being Death Gun. (laughs) Like, that (laughs) Shinon's friend, right, who went to her apartment and yeah, tried to, that like, guy. stab and rape her. Yeah, He's in jail. But his accomplice, the one Kirito fights in the actual game, actual Death Gun and the character, is still not caught. And he's the, like, laughing skull leader, as we already knew. Laughing coffin, guys. So, he finds Kirito in real life and stabs him with the same stuff that he had as Death Gun and puts him in a coma. Jesus Christ! So... He, like, tries to stab Asuna, but really he was aiming for Kirito or something, and Kirito jumps in the way and gets stabbed. Oh, um, okay. Because he knew Kirito would just jump in front of her. Which I thought was cool, because I'm like, yep, I mean, he's fought him a million times now. He definitely knows that Kirito's weakness is just jumping in front of other people to save them. Yeah. So I, I do like how he, like, tricked him into that. Um, so then he gets stabbed, and now the plot is the only way to get him out of the coma is to put him back in the machine. And at this point, the story was interesting to me. This is like episode three, because the government person he's been working on all these cases with, the person he meets like about Death Gun in like the cafe, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, and the one that helps like get Asana out of the other game uh, is the one running the experiment for this thing, and Asana doesn't know. And the guy kidnaps Kirito from the hospital and brings him to this like floating facility in off the coast of California. And it's apparently some military project to make soldiers that grow up in a game, but they're trying to raise them in a way where they don't have any natural laws that would prevent them from killing. This is where the show falls apart. So, so they try they're, to explain they're
1: raising them in Call of Duty. It, yeah, maybe. You're a soldier. Uh.
0: They, which Call of Duty is the hint?
1: Um, Maybe the first one. Maybe they go back to, they start in World War I. Oh, sorry, World yeah. War II, fighting the Nazis in Japan.
0: But they try, so this is where it falls apart, because yeah. the person is not a good writer, as I've seen. But he explains AI that it's made in one of two ways. It's either built from the ground up, and people have to program everything, and then, I don't know, it's only as good as people thinking, they like, breeze over it and then he says or there's like the machine learning way where you build a world and then the ai builds itself and that's what we're trying to do here and like the whole explanation of the show was in the show is terrible of how ai actually works but he's trying to say that the only way to breed military soldiers that are just robots is to have them grow up like humans by taking human souls and putting them in the game which is ridiculous but okay so he kidnaps kirito and he thinks he tells Asuna the only way to bring him back is to like have him successfully live out his life in this game, and then just like somehow put that consciousness into his body that's in a coma. Oh. so you really okay. got to suspend disbelief because that makes no sense. What
1: but, about his cousin? Does she make an appearance in this? Oh yeah. Oh okay.
0: All the girl characters too, because yes. it's Kirito's harem. That's the whole yes. point of the show. Yes. I mean, Asuna and him are fiance just now, I guess. God damn, they married, were quick. Yeah, yeah but are they, they still in high brains. school? Yeah, they're still
1: in high school. and They're married.
0: Yeah, they're still in high school. I don't know if they had their they didn't have their wedding yet. But in, in the movie, the ordinal scale one I reviewed, yeah, they did. Pr- he did propose and they like got engaged.
1: Can they just be in college yet? I mean, Jesus fuck.
0: Sort of our mind. Happened Probably like, any time passed at all. Like two years passed. I was gonna say yeah, like, goddamn, things the
1: move. Sure, oh that thing that almost killed a bunch of people. Sure, let's we'll just keep letting people do it. Things slightly changed.
0: Yeah, but then, like, we find out this military guy worked in the same office as the, which, I mean, is ridiculous. They they write it in, so he worked in the same office as the original Sword Art guy, creator, the the Heimkreid guy. Yeah. And while people in his office were working on this, like, soul project, he was the only one that wanted to make the other one. And he, like, does it alone and beats them to it.
1: (laughs) They have a huge team, and this one guy is like, oh, I did it myself.
0: Yeah, and this one super genius man did it himself. And then they make up this girl character who was dating the guy, and she, like, goes to his, like, winter house retreat to kill him when she finds out about the imprisonment and then can't do it and becomes the accomplice, and then somehow she's not in jail. It's really weird. I have no (sighs) idea what's going on, but... So I really wanted to like it because it had new characters again. It wasn't just Kirito. I, I like the new game world they set up. Uh, what happened in the game is that it didn't go according to plan. Basically, all the NPCs were initially raised by employees of this gang. So they like raised babies themselves instead of taking consciousness from people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then these things in the computer that were raised by real humans had children and they like passed on what they learned, like a real civilization would do. But then what happens is they realize there's some sort of higher power, which is the game creator. He's not active in the world, but they realize their world is governed by like laws and they figure out how to use like console commands for the game and change different things. And then they refer to this as like the codex of taboo, And because there's some government in control of the console commands, um, they live in, like, complete tyranny of the government. And no one ever kills anyone, because if they do, they'll instantly be, like, deleted from the world. So because they have some, like, absolute tyranny ruler, they never develop the capacity to kill like the guy was hoping for military uses, because they live in complete fear of the power that will delete them. Hmm. So that's that's why they he figured out he needs just actual human minds and souls to be put into the game or else there's no way to culture like actual human thought in, in the world where that isn't real with some government that's a tyranny or tyranny. But then Kirito's drive is he used to have some girl he played with in the game when he was growing his fake mind was growing up in there, named Alice, and she breaks one of the taboos by like crossing to this forbidden area and they take her away to the capital. So him and the blonde kid have to go find Alice. So that's like the main plot of the story for the game. And it's just like, it's it was initially better than most of the sword arts, but as they try to get in like any complex topic, the the apparent bad writing just filters through. And like, I can't suspend enough disbelief to enjoy the story at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I it's frustrating because it's like, there's stuff there to like.
0: Yeah. Initially, it was really cool. I'm like, okay, he's not all-powerful. He's in a coma. For once, he's not the person doing the saving, right? And he has to somehow regain his memory of the real world while in this virtual world, and he thinks it's real initially because uh, the way you're uploaded into the game isn't like other games. Like, Apparently, it's more in tune with your senses because you essentially grew up there. Because they can accelerate the time. So, like, it's like dreaming. Like, a day spent in the game is like a year. Or other way around. A day spent in the machine playing the game is like a year in the game. So, to him, all the senses are real because he grew up there. Ah. So, that's kind of interesting. But now they have to go defeat the oppressive government with his sword skills he somehow took into the game. From remembering how to play sword art. And it just, it becomes kind of ridiculous apparently I'm supposed to believe they can defeat some sort of weird government that controls all the commands in the game that can instantly delete people and he can can beat them by using his sword art sword abilities
1: for fuck's sake so kind of weird yeah no kidding
0: but then my favorite show probably but I haven't watched the most of it yet I'm only on episode 5 is the bunny girl senpai one it's so good all the character interactions are just so perfect we finally have a character with personality for the male character, and there's a reason for the the girls to like him. And the plot of the show is that they're dealing with adolescent syndrome, which sounds a lot more uh, edgier than it actually is. Uh, basically, it's um, in growing up and trying to fit in, something goes wrong in like a weird supernatural physics way, and they get different afflictions. So the first one is supposed to be like Schrodinger's cat or the bunny girl senpai is not seen by people unless she's observed in like a strong enough way. So because everyone's just trying to blend in and do their own thing in high school, no one at her school knows she exists. They all like forget about her and erase her from their minds, even though she was like a child movie star growing up, but he's the only one that can see her. And eventually he forgets um, because he goes to sleep. And the the physics part is not the strong part of the show because they say, because he went to sleep, his conscious mind stopped working for a little bit. And because he wasn't consciously observing her, he forgot too. And you're like, okay, whatever. But, but it was really nice. Cause then he like goes through all the clues he left to remember her. And then eventually does. And then he realizes that he just has to make a big enough statement uh, to make sure everyone observes it and they can't ignore it. So it's kind of cheesy, but he like runs out in the courtyard and confesses his love for her. And everyone's like, I don't know who that is, but then they slowly remember. Cause He's making such a big deal about it. Hmm. So the first four episodes were kind of like a self-contained movie, like a romance movie, which I enjoyed. But now there's going to be like other girls and other syndromes. Like his sister was bullied online, but then the like abuse started manifesting. as like physical cuts on her body and stuff. And she can't leave the house or interact with people because if anyone makes fun of her, it like physically hurts her, which is interesting. So I don't know how they're going to solve that. Huh. They have one girl who's supposed to be like the idea of uh, determinism, which, I mean, I think we just talked about that earlier. But but either way, it's that none of her choices affect anything, and she feels hopeless. And no matter what she tries in the extreme or doesn't try, things still happen the same way. So she he has the main guy character has to like help her take agency in her life, and they don't know what the problem is. Huh. It's sort of like mini Groundhog Day, I guess but but the star or like the reason the show is so good is all the characters just i like, seem more like real people it's a combination of the uh, the over the top smut i suppose of scum's wish but it made them feel like real people right because they had real problems and real sexuality and yeah but so they take some of that and put it into the characters where their romance isn't just like a oh i love you all of a sudden anime thing it's that he makes jokes and she's coy about it, and he teases her, and they get along and they banter, and it just feels really organic. So then, when like the confession scene happens, you're like, "Oh, that actually means something," because it isn't just like
1: it's a, a time. just be
0: a just because scene, yeah. So it's I highly recommend it. I think it's the star of the season. There you go. Rascal does not dream of bunny girl senpai, which is kind of funny because. He is snarky and laid back, but also kind. So at one point she calls him like a rascal for always being antagonistic. And then at one point he doesn't dream about her because it's not a conscious action. So I guess that was the title of the show. But there's like nine more episodes left for me and they're going to move on to other girls. And at this point, I don't even care if it becomes harem-like, if everyone likes the character, because he's likable, he has a personality, and it's enjoyable. Hmm. So... I would recommend that one from this season. Well, there you And go. then I'm watching Zombie Land, which is ridiculous and fun, but I don't have much to say about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: And that's that's about it. Watched a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: I am eager to continue watching all of them except Index. So that's a that's a good change. And I mean, Goblin Slayer, I'm less eager, but I'm nearly done. So, um. I'm on track to finish, like, five or six shows this season.
1: There you go. That's a huge amount. Yeah, and
0: it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a chore, because I like most of them, which is rare. Yeah. And there's also, like, a decent variety. Three of them, I guess, are, like, isekai-like, but eh. there's romance and drama and stuff, so.
1: It's a good mix. Yeah, we got our best of 2018 we have to do here in the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, good thing I watched so much this season. Oh, yeah, they're all going to be <laughs> all this season. have enough season. to put on there.
1: You're like, done. Everything mm-hmm. I just watched.
0: Oh, There must be some better shows I watched this season. Oh, I know. I just don't remember them.
1: I know. <laughs> That's what's so crazy. But then you go back <laughs> and say, oh, is this year?
0: Yeah, how many shows do we even do this year? I mean, I really like the new season of Attack on Titan. And I think I'll probably put it in my top five. Just to really drive the point home that this season was enjoyable because of the story. And I have to make sure I do it to counter all the people that think it was bad because there weren't enough Titans, which I think is a dumb reason.
1: I've seen six shows so far from this season. Well, well, there you go this year. I mean, I should say,
0: yeah. I mean, just looking at what we reviewed, there's not many shows I liked, like the new sword art, the new devil man, uh, and then I watched like a few older things Like *A Monge Brilliant Park And Chivalry of a Failed Knight*, Which I loved but
1: uh, Last year not, I watched 10 shows Not from this season Well I mean Made in Abyss I just watched so it was last year But yeah mm-hmm. I mean like it's crazy looking through my list Like huh Yeah an eight, nine, an 8 or 9 shows the year before So it's like damn I don't know
0: so Wait, how are you filtering by year?
1: Um, I use Taiga. Oh, okay. And then they have a season. I moved to an Anime List because I don't know what the fuck's going on with my Anime List, but uh, I moved to an, just any list—that's what it's called. Because Mal is—I don't know what the hell's going on over there, but they had that downtime for a while, and
0: yeah, they, like all their databases
1: hacked of the yeah, information. I don't know my who needs emails. Password was, was like jacked anime. up and. I got five And fed then for a up.
0: while, like tons of features were disabled.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I was like, like, like just, F all this.
0: just like two weeks ago I'm finally able to view, oh, like Oh, that's
1: that's list. why I switched. It wasn't because of all that bullshit. It's because they fucking broke the uh third party integration. Like they disabled it. Where they uh, We don't know when we're gonna let third parties you know do our shit again. So I always I've always used my anime uh my anime list, you know, mail on my computer to keep track of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I moved to Tyga and then I exported my stuff for mail and Tyga just, I sucked it all into there and poof, I was back up and running in five minutes.
0: Oh, really? So, it does that automatically? Well, maybe no, it I doesn't
1: do it automatically. It. You, have to, you have to export the XML or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah, but I mean, still, it's yeah. It, you literally it has create an your... export-import feature. Yeah, you literally create your... To me, that's automatically. I don't have to type them in. Yeah,
1: I didn't do shit. It was just like... And I was like, right. Yes. And I got Tego up and running pretty quick and said, Fuck I you, like my anime filter list.
0: By ear. I don't know how to do that in my anime list if you can.
1: Uh you yeah, I I when I did it, I always did it through my mail plug in app. The only yeah. the only
0: show I can really remember liking from this year is a The like one that was on Netflix about the the fox that works too hard and she sings like death metal. <laughs> I
1: don't,
0: Yes. Which which was great. And they're going to have a Christmas special, too, which I'm looking forward to. But oh, there's not many. And it's kind of a short. I don't think the episodes are full length. Yeah, 15 minutes per episode. Right. I can't really think of a full length show I enjoyed this year that wasn't just like a sequel.
1: Well, you'll find out in a couple of weeks when we do our top five anime.
0: So. So that's why I want to put it into the analyst, because I want to be able to filter by year and be like, oh, I should have watched that. <laughs> now. Now I'm sure DXD's done airing in English because I mean it they're is. only like a week behind, so I gotta watch that it sometime. Be
1: soon, yeah. Usually, Funimation's like three or four weeks behind. Yeah. Like they just did episode eight or nine of uh, Gridman, and they're up to like eleven, so it's usually like a two week. Yeah. I'm waiting difference. for
0: them to catch up to where I am for Zombie Land because after watching the dubbed cliff, I'm like oh, I'd watch this dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in line with my belief that. Most anime comedies are much better dubbed because comedy is timing.
1: Yes, I agree. All right, uh, cool. They're making,
0: they're making new Kakiguri, the gambling one. Yeah. I'm excited for that.
1: Wow, uh, What more could they do?
0: I don't care. They could just have gambling more, games where more like more it's gambling. over the top and yes. no one sees the outcome coming, but I find that really exciting. So
1: Want to watch a hardcore Go Fish show? Yeah. Episode. Uno. There you go. Motherfucker, draw four. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, they yell Uno, but they're lying. They have two cards, and they're stuck together with tape. (laughs)
1: Oh, you just gave away the episode. Yeah, Uh,
0: I could write it. But I don't (laughs) care if it's stupid like that, just because the the faces and the voice acting are so good that it's worth it.
1: Yes, yes.
0: They really sell it, no matter what it is.
1: There you go. All right, so you ready to get the DVD picks? Yep. Right. it's another week and more dvds are being released what should you get
0: it's time for the weekly dvd picks all right
1: well what do we have
0: i can actually hear all the bumpers pretty clear today for some reason
1: that's pretty good. clear
0: yeah like normally i can't hear most of them but what well it's weird because we came from skype where i couldn't hear yeah right, you can hear anything but now it seems the bumpers are like either a different audio track or played much quieter to me through Discord. So Discord just kind of filters the noise out as being too low.
1: Oh, uh, I think as Discord has a thing for automatic. Right, it has for gaming. sensitivity
0: and stuff. Well, that and I think, think for a game so be, quiet. I think a
1: lot of people stream and stuff, too. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. But I heard it that time. So anyway,
0: uh, our list is pretty bare. It's only updated for the 18th. And then I guess they probably don't release anything around Christmas. So they just have one more week. Huh. We got Anaplex, March Comes in Like a Lion, Volume 3. I've heard good things, I have no idea what it's about still. We got Urahara. What is that?
1: I think it's an older anime. Huh.
0: And it's by Crunchyroll slash Funimation, oh. but
1: yeah, maybe, maybe, as far maybe, as I, know, I don't know,
0: that's no longer a thing. Are they still releasing stuff as a I partnership? I think there's still so, some stuff. not streaming.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's probably one of those things where it's like, hey, we... Peg this time of, you know, we're going to release it and all that stuff. So it's probably just stuff left over. You know, they're not going to change things.
0: Yeah. They work together to produce it. They're still going to release everything they did together.
1: Yeah, that's what I would assume. Um, doesn't make
0: sense. Yeah, because this says clicking on the show, it has terrible ratings. It has like an average <gasps> really? five on my end. Wow. Analyst. It's just from last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we've never heard of it. A five as an average score is pretty low on a website that we're Normally, people only watch and review things they like.
1: Yeah. What's uh, what's the synopsis? Uh, three high school
0: girls are putting together a limited-time shop called Park in Japan's Harajuku. One day, aliens come to Earth with the intent to steal the famed district's culture. What? They can steal the culture. Okay. At the same time, a mysterious girl appears. The three... That's, that's it. The three girls band together to defeat the alien threat and protect their loved Harajuku. It's almost like it could be like a... Travel agency ad.
1: Yeah, no <laughs> shit.
0: Do.
1: Do you you it like was originally fancy a web stuff?
0: manga. Okay. Maybe it was. I don't know. And it was made by Shiro Shirogumi Shirogumi. I have no idea. Literally. No idea. They made. I'm browsing through the list. Nothing of note. Okay. Literally nothing looks familiar to me. Well, there you they they made like a weird anime alien movie. Like the alien Okay Um, And they made this show
1: Alright well moving on What else do we have
0: <laughs> Blue Seed Complete Collection Elemental Gelade It's
1: Elemental Gelade
0: Yeah what is this It's an older show Gel- Gelato The Element of Gelato Yes Gelato 2005 it Yeah it's older well, it at least looks actiony. It looks better than this other show. I it just looks looked at. action-y.
1: <laughs>
0: we got God Mars. Hells. No idea what just Hells is. Lupin Third: The Legend of the Gold of Babylon. Man. The Tales of Zestria, The Axe. Complete collection. There's hmm. too many Tales games. I know even a smaller amount about the movie slash anime, so I don't know. Uh Zabungle. Woo. TV Plus Movie, Woo. and Takunomi.
1: I don't want any of this stuff. Yeah, no. No, thank you. I guess All right. I just
0: gotta go with March Comes In Like a Lion. Not yeah. that I'd pay $160 for four episodes.
1: Holy fuck, but... are you serious? It's Aniplex. <laughs> yeah, is it, is is it's an Aniplex? Volume 3
0: Blu-ray from Aniplex. Ah,
1: fuck you, Aniplex.
0: I'm not gonna pay $600 for the whole show, but I have heard decent things about it.
1: Thank God for a kiss or something. <laughs> Yay. And anyway. well, then there's
0: a way to watch something not at uh fifty dollars an episode. Yeah,
1: no shit. Fuck.
0: That's that's it.
1: Okay. Well I'm that's not. That's the news. Yeah, there you go. Alright. Uh you ready for some maiden abyss? Oh, I'm
0: I'm very ready.
1: You're very ready? You're so ready. <laughs> Alright, Made in the Best. It aired last year. And it's awesome. So, uh, the show itself looks like, on the surface, you're like, what what the hell? Everyone's is drawing, like, chibi. Especially the main character. And... Yeah,
0: it's very chibi Disney-like. Yeah. You watch the first, like, two episodes and you just assume everyone in the world's a midget.
1: That That too. Or a kid. <laughs> yeah. So Um The main character's name is Rika. Basically, the setting is like Rico. Well Rico, sorry, my bad. It's yeah. been like two months. Um The setting is basically they this this I don't know what you want to call it, this island? I don't know what the fuck it is. Basically it's like this land onto itself. They I don't think they even have any contact with the outside world or something. I don't fucking know. But basically, this entire community is sprung up around this big ass abyss. This big gaping hole in the in the uh, that they've kind of all built houses and shit around. Mm-hmm. And Rika I'm oh, sorry, Rico, uh is the daughter of a legendary white whistle, and I'll go through the whistle system here in a minute. Okay. Essentially, we follow her on her journey. To maybe get reunited with her mom. Um, So the show is very interesting in the fact that it does a great job of world building. And very, very quickly. And then they keep building on top of that. And they kind of go from there. So uh, Rico lives at an orphanage. And this only this, it seems like this orphanage's only goal is to churn out cave raiders, also known as delvers. And their goal is to come and get find like the basically it's this this like I said it feels like it's their only goal because their jobs are to get trained in how to go into the abyss, find treasures, and bring them back. And they're actually punished if they find things and keep them for themselves. And it's kind of unsettling because, like, these these kids have no families, but yet the even in an episode, like, the headmaster comes in and is like, hey, we wait. heard, like, you might have kept something. If any of you keep anything, you can be, you know, punished severely. Mm-hmm. Like, all these, all the school cares about or this orphanage cares it, about is the finding. The main
0: character, like, alludes to being undressed and, like, whipped by, like, the people that run the orphanage.
1: Yeah, it's not good.
0: Is there punishment? And they even like admit they're like, uh if you don't listen, you're all dead. And even if you do, sometimes the cave raiders die. So they're essentially just sending children in to be the people that die exploring.
1: Yep. So uh very unnerving, but there's some good characters. Uh the teachers, the kind of main headmaster that for the for Rico's uh group is uh Jiro, who is a disciple of uh Rico's mother. Uh, or I should say, I'd say apprentice, I guess you could say. Apprentice. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of watches over and changes the class. Uh, she has two other friends, Nat and uh, one other character. And it's kind of weird because these, uh, what are these, 13, I think they are? 12 or 13?
0: Yeah, they're pretty young. I they're know. pretty
1: young. But like, one of the characters is like, Steals like information and like from Jiro, like maps and things of that nature. And like they're always talking about, like, oh, in the Abyss, this level and that level and blah 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 blah. So it's kind of weird, like, they're young, but you're like, you know, they have all this information at their fingertips, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, before getting to the main story, uh, let me go through a little bit of the kind of world building that we learn. So, this abyss. It has I what believe seven seven levels? I think so. But nobody knows how deep it is. So um essentially the abyss is like this all encompassing thing that surrounds this world. Uh you can go in there, but you can have problems coming back up. So there's like the abyss curse of the abyss where uh you kinda get like sick. So like you go to the first level, which is like twelve hundred, like zero to thirteen hundred meters, and you can get like dizziness, lightheadedness, nausea. You know, you're kind of disoriented. But the yeah, further you, you go, get like
0: the the bends from resurfacing when you go diving too quickly.
1: Yeah, or kind but of it, the
0: lower you are, the more dramatic it is.
1: Yeah, and they basically say um, if you're at a certain level. And I'll go through the whistle system. Basically, if you're a red whistle and you go past le- the second layer, which is like I don't know what f- I forget what the the depth is, but uh, you they basically rule it a suicide, and they will not send people in to find you. But if you yeah. go out like too far in level one, they'll find you know they'll send out a search party and they'll find you and you'll probably be beaten or something. I don't I don't know. Anyway, so there's seven levels. Nobody knows how deep the, you know, the the abyss really goes. There's always stories and rumors and things of all this stuff like surrounding it. Like I said, the artifacts and stuff that come from the abyss are cherished, highly sought after. And there's different levels of, of relics. This would be a really fun game. I kept thinking while watching the show, this would be a really fun video game.
0: Mm hmm. It would also be a cool board game. There's, yeah. there's some board games where you have to, like, go in dungeons and explore.
1: Oh, okay. And then
0: something happens, like the cave collapses, and you have to try to get out. But if you're too greedy getting the treasure, it collapses on you. Oh, It would man. be like that, right? Is if it, you're going down this and you say, go too I, deep, you could die.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think it'd be fun to, like, go through the whistle system and, you know, put yourself in Rico's shoes. Or put yourself into another k shoes. And then you have to, like, mm-hmm. build up your skills. But yeah, so, I've been mentioning the whistle system. So, there's this kind of hierarchy of cave dwellers. So, or cave divers, I should say. The, they start off with what's called a bell. And literally, you're given a bell. um, And they wear these around their, around their neck. So, you're given a bell. The bell is basically, you're nothing. You're learning about the abyss. And you're the toddler
0: of the Abyss.
1: Yeah. So you're giving,
0: almost like you're a pet. They keep the bell on you so they know where
1: you are. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, you're basically learning about the Abyss, but you haven't gone in, and you haven't gone in by yourself. You then have uh, the Red Whistle, and that's what Rico and her class is. They're all Red Whistles, meaning they've gone down to the Abyss first level, by themselves, and they've come back up. Now, what's interesting is that this is like, it almost seems like the first level is kind of like meh, getting your feet wet. Because even they say, like, they're, they're basically forced to go there and look for treasures and bring them back up. But even like Nat is like, yeah, you're not going to find anything.
0: Mm-hmm. so, so like everything good's been found yeah, it doesn't now, look hidden or spooky, it's just grassy, like the yeah, it looks surfaces,
1: yeah yeah, and you can still see the sun and all that stuff mm-hmm. so um so yeah that's that's where our main character is in terms of um in terms of skill, so um, oh yeah, you're only allowed to go down to five hundred and fifty meters. Going any deeper is treated as an accident, or reckless behavior, and a rescue party is sent to retrieve them. If a red whistle somehow manages to descend, fifteen uh, sorry, thirteen hundred and fifty meters, uh, to the second level, it's treated as a suicide, and the search parties are called off. Which I find weird, because the next the next level of whistle is the blue whistle. So, apparently, you get given the blue whistle at 15, or if your skill is good enough. So, blue whistles are considered the adepts. They are more experienced uh, divers who have managed to prove themselves. Uh, Blue whistles are allowed to delve down to the second layer of the abyss, so they must likely Possess an acceptable fighting ability. Defend off the beasts of the Forest of Temptation. And then typically with the appropriate training, uh, one attains the Blue Whistle at the age of uh, 15. Though well, there are exceptions, as we meet a character later on. So, I find it weird that they consider like a Red Whistle going down to 2nd level a suicide. Because they won't send anybody in after. You would think there'd be more w- Blue Whistles... Available than there would be red whistles. I don't know. I just. My thinking. Of course, we never see anybody. So. The next are the moon whistles. Sorry, go ahead.
0: But yeah, it kind of relates to like the. uh, The overall conspiracy of the show. Where. Like someone that's making people explore the cave and no one really knows the nature of it. Like you said, even the maps of it, they had to steal. And, like, uh, clearly the society is keeping something from the children about it. And maybe the greatest explorers know, but maybe they don't. Yeah. And then later they show, you know, like certain experiments around it. So I think yeah, we'll get there. It, it could just be related to is they don't want people that aren't mm, well established in their community learning more secrets than they should.
1: Uh, yeah, it does sound kind. Thing. Of, yeah, no, definitely, it definitely sounds very cultish or very like, yeah, almost kind of like religion. Like if you live you in the to Vatican, keep
0: everything under wraps. You know, you got to be in the know.
1: I guess. Um, next are moon whistles, and those are the teachers. Uh, they are highly proficient delvers. They carry an uh, extensive knowledge of the abyss. Moon whistles are delved down to the third layer. Uh, are able to delve down to the third layer safely, so their delving ability is completely different uh, than the blue whistles. They are Yeah, not that
0: anyone can do it safely, because. Yeah, and that's the, isn't just the,
1: the, biggest the thing poisoning
0: is, of going back up. There's lots of monsters in there.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say was, it isn't so much going down, it's the coming back up part that really Fs with people.
0: Yeah. It's like. But that's just the the cherry on top. The act of exploring is dangerous because of all the stuff they can kill you down there.
1: Yep. The Black Whistles. It wouldn't be
0: very exciting if the only drama was when they had to come back up and they yeah. just peacefully walked around and explored otherwise.
1: <laughs> there you are. So, how's it going? Uh, the Here. Black Whistles next. They are the experts. They are extremely talented delvers who have mastered the techniques of uh, delving. Uh, black Whistles may reach down to the fourth layer of the abyss, which at the point of the uh, strains. Uh buh, 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 buh. Oh, yeah, that's a one touch insanity, sanity, all that jazz. uh, they sometimes work under white whistles uh, as subordinates, so uh, and assist them, so uh, basically, um, you know, they're kind of like getting to the top of the top, but they're still learning. and finally, you have White whistles who are the best of the best.
0: It sounded like you said wet, wet whistles,
1: <laughs> Yes, wet whistles. Uh, they are legends. They're considered the greatest delvers of all. Their achievements are—they uh, cha- basically change the world, and their discoveries astonish all. Basically, they can go down to the fifth layer and sixth layer, but um, you know and they bring back like the most sought-after, you know, like these antiques that no one's ever seen, and they're given like nicknames and other things else.
0: Yeah, they're all, like, w- weird, eccentric, par- partially crazy from their diving. Yes. They even allude, I think, at one point to, like, one white whistle that just goes around killing other whistle people, <laughs> which doesn't seem very useful. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? They're like, ah, oh, they call him whatever, the murderer, the butcherer, because he, he kills people he runs into if you're an explorer. And you're like, how is, how is that allowed? Uh, yeah, okay. how's
1: that? Ah, he's good. He's a white whistle. He's
0: our best explorer. Also,
1: if you run into everyone Go murder everyone! don't no give a fuck. Yeah. All right, so that's the white whistle, or that's a whistle system. Let me tell you a little bit about these, about these. Uh, okay, yeah, shut up. Sorry. Uh, so basically, there's a religion around the abyss. Uh, basically, there's the, the layers. So the first layer is zero to thirteen fifty meters. Uh, you get light dizziness and nausea when coming back up. Uh, the first layer of the most shallow section of the abyss, uh, right below the town of Orth, that's the name of the town they live in, the environment, or the world, I guess, I don't fucking know, whatever, it's consistently sunny and, uh, full of flowers and grassy, you know, rock faces, petrified trees. Um, basically, it's harmless animals. Like you said, it's, it's very much like just going down the side of a mountain and be like, all right, here, cool.
0: It's just like the same as their world, their surface.
1: Exactly. The second layer is called the Forest of Temptation. It goes from 1,351 meters to 2,600 meters. Uh, the strains of the ascent are heavy nausea, headache, and numbness of Limbs. The description is the Forest of Temptation is the first truly section of the Abyss. Um, The uh, fauna and environment suddenly change, turning into a tropical rainforest with huge vegetation and creatures that inhabit the lair are much more dangerous. Deeper in, there's an area known as the Inverted Forest, Uh, that everything grows upside down, and the wind blows hard. Um, And there's an observation camp as well built in there. Uh, The third layer is called the Great Fault. It goes from 2,601 meters to 7,000 meters, so that's a big-ass jump. The uh, strains are vertical combined with visual and auditory hallucinations.
0: Some of this is hard to hear as you read it. Really? Yeah, I think because you're facing a different monitor.
1: Oh, yes, No, it's not just trying to read. Sorry. The third layer consists of four kilometers vertical cliff, um, basically making it highly challenging uh, area to cross, blah, blah, blah. Uh, There's a main shaft. Countless methods have been implemented, as many as another attempted descend varying effects. Aerial predators are common including uh, Scarlet I can't can't read sorry Uh, basically the fourth layer is the Goblets of the Giants it goes from 7,000 meters to 12,000 meters Uh, you get intense full body pain dizziness from the pain and varying amounts of internal and external bleeding of the body uh, rain, a strange humid jungle, strong vines veer, uh, weaving to form giant concave discs that capture water uh, from the air. And the fourth layer's name, the Goblet of Giants, at 9,000 meters, marks the famous garden of the uh, Flowers of Resilience. The, uh, an area filled with external f- eternal fortunes, it's a type of flower... The trademark flower of the abyss. It's a very beautiful sight, but there's a lot of danger. And then you got the sea of the ecl- uh, the corpses, layer five, which is interesting. It only goes from twelve thousand to thirteen thousand meters, but uh, you get complete sensory deprivation, confusion, and self harming behavior. So, hmm. the thinnest layer of the abyss vertically. Being only a thousand meters deep, but the wildest one horizontally, probably around 10 times wi- wider I oh sorry not wilder, wider, than the town of Oath. Uh, it consists mostly of large monsters filled with sea and some crystallization sections, held up by a thick layer of dense uh, mud. There's the last layer of the abyss where it's possible to bear the curse and return alive and intact so. There you go. Um, And then finally, the last one is uh, 13,000, 15,500 meters. It's loss of humanity or death. We're very rarely... And
0: people that explore just stay there forever. the edge.
1: Yeah. Basically, if you go there, you're done.
0: Like, you're like her mom. Yep. Then that's the whole reason she's exploring because <laughs> she thinks she's alive there.
1: And basically, they say the... the, the Seventh layer is fifteen thousand five hundred and one to we don't know. No one knows. And they just say, You're gonna die, period. You're dead. There's no I'm way.
0: guessing this is my prediction for the show. I'm guessing it's not so bad on the final layer, and it just goes to like the other side of the world. And they can ascend on that side because it kinda inverts. Yeah. That's my that's my crazy prediction for it.
1: We'll see. So the
0: government's hiding something down there. Exactly. it's a conspiracy the NHK
1: there you go it all makes sense
0: yeah
1: so basically um, now you've got the world oh Jesus Christ I keep punching my fucking mic (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so basically now that you've got the world built um, Rika's mother is like this world famous white whistle and she gets an opportunity some of her stuff comes back and one of the things is a letter and it says i'll be waiting for you but it's vague it's not complete she thinks oh she's down at the the seventh layer or sixth layer or whatever i think it was the seventh the seventh layer so i'm going to go visit her I, and i want to see this place for myself so well Thinking about all this, she's one day, she's at layer one, and, you know, doing whatever. She gets attacked by a monster, but is saved by, uh, this, this kid who, whose name is Reg. Well, it turns out Reg is a robot. But he has no memories, no one knows where he came from, and the kids play it and try to hide it, and, you know, try to fool, um, Jinru that, Oh, this is another orphan and you know, just you should let him join us. So he's he's accepted, and after she sees this letter and things of that nature, she's convinced that her mother, you know, is waiting for her down at the seventh lair. But it's been many, many years too. So um uh, This said
0: like ten years.
1: Yeah. So basically, she goes off and she leaves. Um, she leaves her friends behind. She leaves Jinru. And it's actually kind of interesting how they get here because you know, normally you would think like, oh, she's, you know... And they even go through this whole trial tributation thing of they don't want to get caught, so they're working really hard to get to get, you know, further and further away so people don't go look for them. But, uh... Basically, Reg... Reg is the whole reason there is they can get as far as they can so they easily make it through level one i would say they even easily make it through level two uh it's from level three onward that they start running into issues and you know at first it's a really fun show where there's she's seeing all these things for the first time and it's kind of funny because she sounds like she's like memorized all this stuff like she just knows it all
0: yeah i was gonna say their education is really good and whatever but Whistle school is,
1: yeah. because she she's obsessed know.
0: with it, yeah. In part because her mom's down there, so she knows a lot.
1: <clears throat> um, but as they start going deeper and deeper, uh, things start happening unexpectedly. Things start getting darker. You know, the stakes are coming more and more perilous. Um, we meet a lot yeah, of
0: okay. the most intense scene I've ever seen in anime in this show.
1: Yeah, so there's a scene where I think what they were on layer four fourth layer uh, fifth layer maybe yeah
0: was the third one where Ozen was like I the treehouse so. thing yeah yeah then it must be the fourth
1: um but yeah that and man they yeah, got one of the most hated villains ever uh, it's like bozerin or something or bolzeron or the guy who did all the experiments
0: oh uh, i forget his name
1: but, yeah, anyway, so besides all this, there's other characters you know there's people that help them along, there's people that want to stop them um we meet characters with very, very depressing backstories um oh, yeah. and that so that's the thing, like this episode this whole show is thirteen thirteen episodes, but by episode four. They're, like, chugging along. You're like, holy fuck. They're halfway there. Well, then they kind mm-hmm. of pump the brakes and start putting in more obstacles and start meeting characters that kind of, like, have their own motives and things of that nature. And that's where the story, I think, really becomes fun. because yeah,
0: I was really hooked once they met, met Ozen and you learned why the show was called Maiden in the Abyss. Because Rico was born in it.
1: Yep. Yep. So, we yeah we find out that Rico was born in it. She wears glasses, but she doesn't need them. But because of the abyss, her eyes are like monkeyed up. But yet she has perfect vision. But because she has to like wear special glasses that are made of like, crystal or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you so that's kind of cool because they do all this world building before they even jump into the abyss, and you know all this information. But then as they're traveling. Rico has her notebook, and she's like, oh, this must be such and such, and da-da-da-da, and here's some information. Like, you're always given information about the level and what to look out for and things of that nature. You're never left wondering, like, why is it like this? They do a really good job of explaining everything.
0: Yeah, I didn't Um, think about that. That's a good point. It's almost like she's the tour guide of the show. Kind of. But then also unexpected things happen to her and it's still dramatic.
1: Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of drama. And I thought mm-hmm. they did a really good thing where, you know, a lot of this show is, you know, Rico wanting to, to meet, get her goal, you know, meeting her mother. But mm-hmm. they pump the brakes really well and they start bringing in these side stories. And the side stories themselves are really, really good. Um, because you yeah, think one thing, I but they I care like, more
0: about Nanachi and her friend Midi than I do about the main stories. So yeah, that's no. That's impressive, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. And they spent five episodes on that, I think. Yeah, well, it's a lot. Four or five episodes on the Nanachi Midi sh- episodes. And, you know, the characters are really fun and they do a really good job of, of not giving away Anything like everything felt sh- like uh, shocking. I and mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it has some of the anime tropes where things are happening, and like, oh, this event occurred, and it was fixed because of some random happenstance thing. You know, mm. it has to happen. But uh, you know, overall, it's kind of cool to see Rico go from this. Hey, I'm plucky, and I just want to. I, I can take on the world. Fuck you. To realizing, like, holy fuck, I am fucked without Reg. And Reg is really fun, too. Um, Mm -hmm. And even Reg, as a character, you know, it's kind of weird because he's a robot, but yet he has feelings for Rico, and, like, gets embarrassed about, like, seeing her naked, or... It's kind of weird. It's like, okay. He's a
0: more embarrassed, uh, childlike one, but he's not the real child, which is interesting.
1: But, I mean... Rico and Rag are really fun. I wish they would have spent more time, like going back about what Jinru, what what was Jinru's reaction of finding out that she went to the abyss. Now we kind of get some stuff, but like we never hear from any of them again outside of mm-hmm. the birthday sickness disease deal that they briefly touch upon with with um.
0: Was it? oh yeah i forgot about that yeah well yeah and they bring them to like a boat right yeah yeah so that was one of the reasons i think there's a greater conspiracy because like why is there just like a huge ocean outside of their island and why can some people go on it on a boat and be fine away from the abyss why is this settlement purposely built on something that kills them yeah so there's something happening
1: But yeah, the show does a really good job of like, like you said, it was like very Disney-esque. Like, why do you think Mm -hmm. it was Disney-esque? Because of the bright colors and the first layer being, you know, uh, just the the character. What what, what makes you say that?
0: Yeah, I think it's the art, the animation, the music. The music score is very much like whimsical Lord of the Rings type stuff. But then it also can get dramatic and... It's part of the reason it's the most intense scene I've ever seen. When something happens to Rico, I won't give it away. Um, because it switches so well from that um, Disney-esque atmosphere with the music and the bright colors and the sun shafts and the, just the character designs themselves, the children, but like chibi-like. And then it quickly becomes like gritty and dark and bloody
1: yeah and no definitely I think that's,
0: it's really impressive to switch between them without being campy
1: and i and also I'm- like the fact that you know the characters are learning from from their past like from the other layers and mm. even Rico herself i really like the fact that you know she's like holy fuck like you know even admits as much as like i'm here because of reg because he's a robot and has that has his kick-ass like uh
0: Extendo uh, arm.
1: Extendo arm, exactly.
0: It's with The grappling arm, and his giant explosion laser, which yes. he has to sleep for two hours after.
1: <laughs> yes. So. But
0: but then Osen still beats him up.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, another Before good. Guy, another you wanna, good. Little you want to see
0: a white whistle, bitch? Yes. Put them in the ground. Yes. But it's all just a friendly test.
1: <laughs> I don't don't spoil it. Jesus Christ! You spoil it all. <laughs> you spoil everything. Fuck. But, yeah, I I, I see now, after watching it, why everyone was so fucking stoked on it. Mm -hmm. And I was waiting purposely to watch the dub. The dub was really freaking good. Hmm. I really, really liked it. And um, the show isn't over. Like, yeah, there was the 13 episodes. We got through some arcs. But now they left off of like, all right, let's continue our journey. They're now smarter. They're now... Um got more people. Like it's no longer just a I I'm gonna go be uh, you know, fuck you. I'm gonna go learn and do things that I'm told I'm not supposed to be able to do. It's not this angsty show. It's Yeah. Got
0: other people. That's purposes a good point. Now. It very much starts as like a defiance thing where she's like, No one will tell me what happened to my mom. I'm just gonna go there and you kinda get the sense that mm-hmm. like that's impossible. Either she's gonna die horribly or they're gonna send her back up. But now it's added some realism throughout the show, and it seems like a more possible endeavor.
1: Yep, with even the help if it's hard. Yeah, and so, um, I uh, yeah, so I mean that that's it. I, I really like the fact that there was also people that helped cheer her on, like her uncle, who was like even had regrets of like why the fuck did not I stay with her? What ha- what have I done? You know, why did mm-hmm. I let her? leave but on the other hand he was like hey you know she's the daughter of eliza you know i gotta do this so um was
0: was part of the main thing that makes it seem disney to me the main thing is the use of weather you see this in disney animations as well as like studio ghibli um That they use things like rain and bright sun and clouds and fog. Like, on the main level and, like, the first floor of the Abyss, all the grass is blown by the wind. You see, like, the sun shafts and the waterfalls and stuff. And then, like, later it's really dark and jungle-like and misty. So I think its it's use of weather is really good. You don't see anime use weather as effectively as it could in most shows. Maybe because it's hard to animate or expensive, but... Most the majority of anime I watch it's like sunny eight ninety five percent of the time, yeah, and sometimes it rains, but like it hardly ever snows or is foggy, so I think its use of weather is really good and reminds me of a bigger budget like Disney movie,
1: yeah, definitely, and you know I think that first layer is you know it's idyllic, you know oh something there's something that's really gonna hurt you, it's kind of like you're gonna feel like a little crappy when you come up but for the most part mm-hmm. like you're safe. But then and it's really pretty. Yeah, it's very idyllic. So um <laughs> yeah. I would definitely I gave this a 9. Um I gave it a 9 because I thought the fact that they did such a good job of world building and they just excuse me. They just didn't get right to the point of like, oh my god, let's go to the abyss right now. They built this up, and they set this tone of, like, this is a death sentence. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, die, if, you know, pretty much you're done. Like, you're not coming back up, period. Yeah. Um, but how far are you as, really going to get?
0: As and, the audience, you very much feel like she's the stupid kid. Yeah. And, like, uh, sure – it's shitty that they won't tell her about her mom, but also they're trying to protect her like she's clearly dead if she tries to do this alone.
1: Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you're like, oh, I wanna I, I I wanna believe, I wanna see her Yeah.
0: You want her to succeed, but also it seems pretty dumb.
1: Yeah. And you know, I really like the fact that the characters, um the the MIDI and the um what was her name? Nanachi. Nanachi, thank you. Yeah. That was like that's levels great. of like full metal welcome is level of stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good comparison.
1: And like, just crazy to think like this crazy person just tested the effects of the curse on a bunch of unsuspecting children and basically okay. murdered them all.
0: Yeah, and he's one of the white whistles too. Yeah, this is the problem, or why I think there's a conspiracy is like. Uh, her mother seems fine, unless she has some hidden past, but they allude <laughs> to these other ones, and they're like, ah, they're just mass murderers, but boy, are they good at exploring, and yeah. people are okay with that, I guess.
1: <laughs> when you're a White Whistle, you're above the law. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, I, I just really, really enjoyed the show. I, I watched this 13-episode show in two sittings. It was so fun. And there wasn't, like, cliffhangers, per se, but it was just like, I want to watch the next one. What's happening next?
0: You didn't get bored on the Ozen part, because I thought that was pretty slow.
1: That's probably where I stopped.
0: Yeah, and, they like first go to a tree village, and there's like an episode of, of nothing.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Um, That's probably where I stopped the first time, and then mm-hmm. I kind of finished it up.
0: But yeah. And then it just gets really intense, and you really want to know what Namichi's story is.
1: And part of me wonders, too, like... Because I watched it so fast, how, what did I miss? Or is there stuff I missed? You know, when you watch a show while it's airing, you have that kind of week to decompress, to kind of think about everything and go, "Oh man, oh, what about this?" Or you can bring, kind of think of theories, or you know, talk with yeah. people online and maybe find out something you didn't notice, or you know, yeah, those I-
0: episodes would probably be better if you weren't marathoning it because. Uh, there's a lot of implications about her being born in the abyss. And you don't really have time to think about them if you just marathon them. Like, that could mean so much to the show. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I gave it an 8. My biggest complaint is, like you said, and you mentioned earlier, uh, they almost tried to do too much, and I wish they would tell me more about what's happening in her town while they're exploring.
1: Yeah, it's very much like once she goes in the abyss, we very rarely get... Glimpses above the surface of, like, you know, there is some stuff that happens, but nothing to the extent of, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Rico's gone? What? She did what? Oh, my. You know, nothing. It's just like, oh, well, that, that happened. And, so like, everyone's kind of moved on. The whole building very
0: front-loaded. And then once she goes in the abyss, the time split, like, between, I guess, like, her adventuring and people's side stories. So, it'll be, like, 50% <laughs> her adventuring, 50% stuff about Ozin. And then later, it's 50% about Nanaji, 50% about her exploring. And, I mean, it's all blended together well. It's enjoyable. But my complaint is because there's some greater conspiracy hinted at, I wish we got more news from the layers of the Abyss and from above. And it works plot-wise. There's censorship of information because you, like, can't get letters down there, right? Or back up.
1: But she did, though. Remember? Oh, In yeah, you the last episode. Letters.
0: Yeah, but not... But- you can't, like, send people. Communication takes a long time.
1: Yeah, so basically, if you want to communicate with the outside the abyss, you basically tie your letters or your artifacts or whatever to these special, like, balloon things they made. Yeah, and it you has... You send
0: to people because you'd get the sickness.
1: Yep. And, you know, it's basically luck and happenstance that if your stuff makes it to the top of the abyss and someone gets it, it's, like, an amazing feat. Because they even show at the end of the 13th episode... Uh, her sending information back up and it goes through each level and there's monsters attacking it but mm-hmm. it just happens to survive, it goes through a flock of, like, birds and they poke it, but then, like yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like it's,
0: those movie sequences where, like, someone sends a love letter and it gets dropped in a puddle and then it gets put on the wrong truck and <laughs> against all odds it gets to the right person.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly it, where it's just like oh, it, it got up to the second layer, and and, um What's her name? Mont Ma- Ma- John, or was the uh, Ozen's disciple? The the mm. the blue haired geek, the blue haired person. what I found oh, out was like a Mar-Rock fucking or something. Yeah, Marook. That's what it was. Yeah. I thought that was a fucking girl, and even in the dub, at least in English, is a girl. But I found it's a boy. I had no fucking clue. I thought that was a girl, because he wears a maid yeah. costume. Um. But yeah, she finds it and like, you know, sews back the balloon and gets it back up there. And point being is like, you know, the fact that it made it is even, so we'll, we'll see. So the show's not over. The show basically just ends with a, all right, let's move on. And the show's done. Uh, mm-hmm. it's going to start airing, I think again next month. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Very soon? I just
0: clicked the Maiden Abyss 2 on my oh, anime yeah. list, What's but they didn't on? have a date listed.
1: Oh, they don't? Oh, that they did. Okay.
0: So it makes me believe it's not next month.
1: Oh, I thought it was. Here, I got lucky. It's only been two years almost. Oh, here it, we go. I thought it aired in like Made 2017. Abyss release date. Um,
0: uh, July 7th, 2017. Yeah, so a year and a half. Yeah. It's good, and I like how the note got to the top. It's a sign that it's going to fix the problem I had with the first half, right? Yeah. Or they couldn't spend as much time about the overall conspiracy. Oh, is in twenty-two days. I didn't know it was airing oh, so shit. soon. And the second season of Mob Psycho one hundred.
1: Oh damn! Well, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah.
0: Day the live three. Don't care at all about that.
1: <laughs> okay, they just say it could be released in twenty nineteen. Okay. I so yeah. I gave it a nine. You gave it an eight. I really hope that they don't rush this second season, as far as like the story. I yes, I want the story sooner. I want to be watching the show soon. But I hope they just don't like like all right. Let's watch them get around to the fifth and sixth and seventh layers. And
0: yeah, let's watch them get to the bottom. Yeah. I'd be okay if they stepped back, and after reading the letter, they focused on some of the characters on top. Like, on the first levels. Like, what does Ozen think about it? What, uh, what do all the orphanage people think? Because in the beginning, they gave the, like her supporting friend characters like a decent amount of character development. Like, they're real characters. Yeah. It'd be nice to see them do something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, like Nat and that other guy.
0: <laughs> like the smart kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: we'll see. really good.
1: Yeah, definitely watch this show. Uh, you can buy it on Blu-ray. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll duh, uh, subbed, Funimation. I don't know if they offer it to watch it dubbed, but uh, it's dubbed in Blu-ray. Definitely worth your time. I really, really liked it. I'm really glad I liked this. Sh- uh, really, what well, got? I'm really glad I finally watched this show because I'd heard so much about it. And one of those things was like, oh, I gotta watch this, I gotta watch this. And I finally did, and was like, holy crap, this is so much mm-hmm. fun.
0: mean, it's nice that the dub was good. I think yes. Sentai did it.
1: No, it was Funimation. What was it Sentai? I don't know.
0: That doesn't sound right to me, or else it, we would have seen it a lot sooner dubbed.
1: Uh, ba 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 ba, ba. High Dive. <laughs> I <Animators laughs> network says... I, it was
0: I googled it, but Funimation. it's hard to find. I've got it here. here we go. Sentai Filmworks announces Made in Abyss English dub.
1: Oh, sorry. It is Sentai then. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I so was go.
0: looking at some of the cast on my anime list, and most of them were not the usual Funimation people.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Probably
0: why it's for reference. So it is Sentai. Gear. My
1: bad. I don't know why I thought it was Funimation. <laughs> Just because it's a dub. They do all the dubs. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway.
0: It doesn't matter too much, except for when you were talking about where to watch it. I don't think it's on Funimation.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean I tell you too, right? Stuff has this show. Does the site ever decides to load? Come on, site. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, I gotta whip my saw. I gotta whip my. <laughs> this is. That's like fifty or sixty bucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Any, any, any day now. Well, there we
0: go. I mean, I watched it sub too, and it's very good. Uh, Yeah, it's fifty two bucks. However, you can watch it is acceptable.
1: Yeah, fifty two bucks. So cool. Yeah, definitely watch the show. You are if you're an anime fan. I'm not. I don't. Would you consider the show? Like, do you think it'll be considered a classic in a couple years? Like one of the shows, like oh, you gotta watch the show, like a Death Note or a Cowboy Bebop or. You know, one of the shows that you've got to watch if you're an anime fan.
0: I think so, yeah. I don't think anime, from at least what I've seen, has a very good, like, crowning adventure show. Whereas, like, Death Note is drama. Code Geass and Full Metal are action slash... I mean, Code Geass is the, the like, classic mecha now. Um, oh, God. I think this will be, like you said, the the classic of adventure shows. I'm not sure it's the best intro to anime. Or maybe it is. It's Um, tough to say.
1: Why would you say... Okay, what makes you say that?
0: Yeah, I have opinions both ways. So I would think it's really good as an intro because it's similar to Disney. I mean, most people can stomach, you know, Disney animation type things if they're new to anime.
1: I would say it's a good show because they tell you so much. They don't... And they do a really good job of, yes, it is a lot of, like, information to take in, but they do a good job of spoon-feeding it just enough to, like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that, oh, yeah, okay, great. It's mm-hmm. not like they're just like backing up the fucking dump truck and like, here you go. Here's, oh, here's five or ten minutes worth of fucking yeah. just boring Or random- they're relying
0: on tropes to tell the story. Yeah. That is nothing. Because when they introduce all the characters, if you're a veteran of watching anime, you associate a personality to them. If you're not, you're kind of like, one uh, of these characters is going to be explained and why are they so kooky?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I the like early on stuff with that, Reg, yeah. even the stuff little fun, the funny things with Reg. I've seen the reviews where people are like, "Oh, they they oversexualize." I'm like, bullshit. It's it funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's brought off as a joke, but people are like, "Oh, they talk about penises too much." And it's it's like, useful
0: to the story because it shows it how mature Rico is.
1: Yes, and that
0: she's out maturing the robot. And I remember <laughs>
1: seeing a video too on YouTube from I think Mother's Basement. On the nudity in the show. But then while watching the show, I was like, so what? She's She took a shower or whatever in the stream, and what do you expect? Like, it's, they didn't sexualize anything. It was right. just, hey, you've got to be naked to do this.
0: Yeah. Anime is infamous for the beach episode. But
1: There's no beach episode. Well,
0: uh, right. Maybe but when there you're camping, uh, taking a shower or bath in the wild is a. Necessity if you're going to be clean. There's it wasn't, no other way to do it. Yeah,
1: and it wasn't like there so. was like rays of light like her hair covered her boobs and and even then, she is properly proportioned for her age. Let me say that again. There is no sexual fetis fetization here. I mean it seems kind of funny with um Nanichi. How she gets like uh, she blushes when you like, you know, red gets too close to her. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like n- nothing here is sexualized or fetishized or anything. It's, in my opinion, like this show is really good for a a first anime because you get like a different art style in the terms of chibi characters. They're not trying to be, like, real. But they're not so disproportionate where you're like, they don't look right. Have like, you ever watched Clamp? Any of the yep. Clamp stuff? Well, no, Code, Ge- Code Geass is made by the same people who did
0: Clamp. Oh, Code Geass is Where ridiculous.
1: they've got the really Everyone's gangly... Everyone's
0: drawn like an 8-foot female. Character. Yeah,
1: exactly. Everyone's got gangly... Everyone's a
0: slender uh, yeah. person.
1: Like, it's not that off-putting, but still... It's kind of weird when you're like... Yeah, but they're out.
0: very much all the same body type. They're like 8-foot feminine
1: people. Yes. <laughs> it's
0: kind of bizarre.
1: But, you know, I think this is going to be a good show. I mean, I think I could show this to my wife who's seen some anime, and she'd be like, oh, this is fun.
0: Well, see, here's my caution against it. When I initially said no. Okay. Because it reminds me to how I got started in anime with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and the graphic scene of Tucker's daughter being mm-hmm. the homunculus and that was really creepy to me i stopped watching for like a month i'm like this show's fucked up i'm not gonna watch anime and i feel like you could feel the same about this because where all it starts disney-esque it does get dramatic and graphic and i'd be afraid i'd like lose people in its intensity if they just wanted an adventure show (sighs) It's very much a a dark conspiracy with graphic scenes more than it is just a normal adventure.
1: Yeah, but I think, A, the graphic scenes are there put on purpose to show the reality of things. You know, Rico is like, oh, hey, I, I can do this. But then the reality of the danger she's putting herself into Finally. Pizza. Oh yeah.
0: Well, I certainly don't think it's misplaced, but it definitely belongs in the, there. The, the, on the other hand, someone who's new,
1: it also shows like, hey, there's, you know, everyone who regards this abyss as this great unknown thing that brings in money, and and they got all these stories, and everyone's great, and but the reality is, there's a lot of fucked up people who have their own weird motivations for things that we don't even know yet. Totally, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think people are going to watch the show going, oh, it's so cute looking, oh, my God, and then be horrified. It kind of reminds me of 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 Madoka. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like it's Madoka all over again, where it's like, oh, cute, these cute girls. Oh, they're magical girls. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know. magical girls. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Um,
0: I don't think that, but... I just see myself recommending it to my friends. Mm-hmm. And do I recommend it as an adventure show? I, think I would. Yes. I
1: would say yes. And I would just say, don't even bring up the Disney portion. Just say, hey, this is a really fun show. You should check it out because, um, you know, it's really fun. And you think it starts off one way and it goes another way. And and it keeps you at the edge of your seat. That's all. Yeah. I wouldn't even get into, like, who the characters are or what's going on because they do such a good job. I was never once left thinking like, "Well, they didn't tell me that," or "They didn't explain this to me."
0: Mhm. Or who's this character?
1: Yeah. Like that's got I've got to applaud the most.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. And yeah, you know, like you said it's in there for a reason, and I was very shocked by how graphic it got, and I, that's probably fine. Whether you're new to anime or not, it's meant to be shocking.
1: Yeah. Oh wait, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like
0: because I watched a lot of anime I wasn't surprised or shocked.
1: <laughs> I agree. I mean it's a very shocking scene what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it you know, it's part of the world. It's part of the effects of going down in the abyss. Mm-hmm. And that's the part sea, of the danger. The of the show. Are high. Yeah, exactly.
0: It really so, frames how they got pretty lucky up until that point.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, check the show out. I, I don't there's really much more I could say uh, right now, but I am definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to Season 2. And I hope they continue on the path they've been going. They did a really good job with Season 1. And I, I also hope they don't, like, get full of themselves, like, and get egos about the show. I mean, obviously they're following... Pre-written, you know, manga And I guess what happened was They'd actually ran out of source material At the end of season one Thus the wait But, you know, this show received really, really, really positive reviews Mm -hmm. And I just hope they don't Start taking liberties with the source material Or You you know what I mean? Like, how many times Sorry, how many times has it been like Oh man, watch this show, but don't watch season two Yeah that's true. But in this sense, yep. I think the natural progression is natural. The, yeah, it's the already a good
0: sign that they stopped when they ran out of stuff to do.
1: Yeah, they didn't do a it's fucking Gantz. It's not like
0: Claymore where they just make up their own end.
1: Yeah, no, they did the same thing with Gantz, where they fucking, like, literally ran out of shit. And they're like, fuck it, we'll finish it ourselves. And it got way crazy and, like...
0: Yeah, that's never good. Yeah. <laughs> it never works out. Especially the... I mean, it's never the same author for writing the end.
1: All right. So, I got a question for you unrelated to this now, um, kind of a tangent right. just thought about They're remaking fruits Basket.
0: I mean, I've never seen the original.
1: you should watch the original. It's fun and
0: cute. but and I know fun. of it.
1: What are your thoughts though on them remaking an anime like hmm. completely like they did the same thing with I mean, I guess you, know, you say they did the same thing with Fates Day Night. Right, because no one,
0: and those weren't we're, even that spaced apart.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just saying bad. the first season, like, they took Fate Stay Night and was like, cool, we're going to redo it and make it look pretty, and then, you know, they spun off a bunch of other shit. But they were literally redoing uh, F- Fruits Basket, like, one for one. Like, there's no... There's no difference. Like, same story, same characters. I don't love the idea of
0: it being remade just to look better. Whereas Fate Stay Night was remade because they did a bad job (laughs) adapting it from the visual novel.
1: I I like the first season. The visual novel is
0: super violent and is an arrogant game, so it has a lot of sex in it. And then they do, like, some weird pseudo-love story, which is not what it was. Hmm. At least not in the way they did it. So I think it's fine to redo it if you're adding something or making it different. I am not interested in watching anime that just looks nicer because, I mean, I'm watching anime. If I wanted it to look perfect, I'd watch photorealism documentaries, right? As much as I like anime, I I don't care if it looks dated.
1: Fair enough. Cool.
0: Like, sure, some of the series by, like, Key and stuff for the games and then the anime made off of Key products, the eyes are all fucked up, like Clan admin and it They look retarded, (laughs) and like that bugs me. But would I enjoy it more if it was remade to not look like that? I don't think so. I think it's fine. Have you watched any of
1: the key shows?
0: I tried to watch Clan, it is too boring. But it wasn't because their eyes were fucked up.
1: Uh, Um, that's the only one you've
0: watched. I tried to watch uh, Little Busters too, which also I've
1: never tried to watch Little Busters. That's the only one I've not seen.
0: I've, key stuff, I just don't wait, unless Angel Beats is, right?
1: Oh I think uh, is it? I think you're right. Yeah, I think it is.
0: It's based on the visual novel by Key at least.
1: Go watch Canon. Or Canon. I don't know how the fuck you say yeah,
0: it. Yeah, they also have fucked up eyes in there.
1: They do they all do. It's fucking key, dude. <laughs> and bring tissues and don't don't bring razors with you. And lotion. No no. Don't oh. don't bring lotion. <laughs> That's creepy. That's very creepy. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, I'm not eager about the remake. I think it's fine to, like, remake... Like, they remade, in a sense, with a slightly different story, Space Battleship Yamato, or it was Starship Troopers, and... Yeah. So, anyway, they remade that, and I watched some of that. And that's fine, because it's, like, for a new age, and the story's a little different.
1: Yeah, and this show is from, I think, like, 98. And, like, it's a very popular, like, I guess very well-remembered show, but I don't know if anyone's like, yeah! And I'll be honest, I don't know if they're bringing in... I didn't look too much deep into it. I just saw the trailer, and it, the story was, like, identical. And I was like, oh, that's... Okay. okay, cool. They're making it for 2019, and it looks different. And
0: So basically, I don't love the idea of a remake. Um, they did it with Sailor Moon Sarda, and that was a failure, probably because it wasn't like a one-to-one remake.
1: This sounds gonna be a one to one remake just the dangers, prettier prettier right? graphics. That's literally what it seems like is the characters looked identical, but maybe they'll change the um maybe they'll change the statues to walkie talkies. <laughs> okay, okay, you got that reference. Okay, good.
0: Yeah, they, they both have their own problems, whereas like the one to one adaptation with updated graphics has the risk of not adding anything to me. And the thing like Sailor Moon where they do a whole new story with new graphics has pissing off people that like the originals, so.
1: I think this is just one of those things where they're just like, hey, everyone likes Fruits Basket. It's I mean yeah. the manga's been super popular for years and years and years and years and years. I don't think they're gonna be doing anything new with the story. I think it's just a yeah. update.
0: That's the that's the safer way to do it, I think. It's safe, but at the same time, it risks like what the fuck are they adding? Nothing really. The world's the same. Well,
1: no, I think, well, yeah, but the average anime fan has only watched anime for like three years and then it's done. Like, maybe it's just one of those kind Uh, of things.
0: So I guess you could say the perk of redoing anime is people would actually watch it when it airs. I would seriously be
1: curious. If you were to ask a 14 or 15 or 16 year old anime fan, Mm -hmm. would you watch something from 1997? Would you watch something from 1992? Would you watch anything from the 80s? And I guarantee you, their answer's gonna be, "No, it looks too dated. It looks old. Like you and me. We, let's just say we watched a lot of TV. I, I don't know if I'd go back and be like, oh, man, I'm gonna go watch I Love Lucy because it's black and white.' I I don't know.
0: I know I would. I personally like older shows.
1: Oh, like The Rifleman
0: is one of my favorite shows. That's <laughs> a lot like from the late sixties. Um,
1: okay, fair enough. It, I don't. Know, I well, just think also, like
0: we're also a special niche of person. Not everyone that, talks that, about media they enjoy on a podcast. That so is I true. Fifteen year old, probably not. No,
1: I, I agree. I agree. I just wonder though. And when I became a fan, and I don't know if it's so much you either, I became a fan in two thousand five officially. But my point being is, I didn't even know what season. I didn't even know where anime came from. I just knew I could buy it on DVD and. Rent it, and I was like, "Cool!" I didn't even know of a seasonal anime. I didn't start watching seasonal anime until probably two thousand eight, two thousand seven ish, two thousand eight ish, somewhere in that time frame. But now, you know, we have things like Crunchyroll. Yeah, new fans just they know they have Netflix, and it's the same thing. New, new fans
0: have Funimation; they watch things airing in English.
1: Man, oh no shit, fucking hey! I sound it's like a, crazy now. I sound like a freaking grandpa.
0: And in my day, like we had later, to work watch hard. It. Back in my day, we were watching Dragon Ball Z for the latest DV, or VHS releases in the commercials beforehand.
1: <laughs> I had to use Adult Swim. Yeah. No, I, was, I certainly I got into what? it
0: in the age of the internet in 2011. Yeah. That's when I started watching anime. But uh, it's still different. I mean, I initially starting watching it, I did watch Full Metal on Netflix. Yeah. And I didn't know how live of a thing it was. I'm like, it comes out That's like a That's a thing, yeah. And then the English translates them, and like, I don't know, like every year or so it'll come out like a movie. That's what I thought.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, other thing I want to ask, kind of related to Fruits Basket. Evangelion is coming to Netflix. Don't know what yeah. you heard. They are redoing the entire dub. Hmm.
0: What Do your, people dislike the dub? I don't really know.
1: It's, it's not bad. It's not like it's a dub. It's yeah. not like it was like like Garzy's wing bad. You know, it's not. I was gonna say when people talk about like,
0: that show, I, I've never heard people complain about the dub. <laughs> so,
1: um, what what are your thoughts on like? Because it was kind of funny to see Wendy Lee, voice of Haruhi and Konoha mm-hmm. from Lucky Star, and tons of other anime. Wendy Lee's been doing voice dubbing for a million years. She's really good. Um, she kind of treated it like, oh my god, we're losing history. Now Fan, you know, new fans are going to be like, oh, this is what it is.
0: That's kind of how I feel. As dramatic as that is, I feel like it's an insult to the original people.
1: Yeah, I honestly don't know why they're doing a re-dub.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a controversy, (laughs) but at the same time, it seems kind of insulting and pointless.
1: Because Funimation owns the rights to Evangelion now. If someone wasn't
0: watching Evangelion, it wasn't because of the dub, in my opinion, and it seems silly to redo it.
1: Yeah, I I mean, yeah, it's really weird. Like, Netflix is literally paying to have them re-dub the entire show. It's so weird.
0: If they gave like a concrete technical reason, like, boy, I haven't if it's not found this area where some people are hard to hear, I'd be more in support of it. But if it's just like, we can do it better, that seems kind of vain.
1: Maybe that's it. I, I honestly don't know. If you do know, let us know in the comment section.
0: Yeah. I hate it if it's for vain reasons. If it's technical, then I can be okay with it.
1: <laughs> we have too much money. Let's just do yeah. this, because we can.
0: This is a cool thing to own the license to, but also we have extra money. Let's re-dub well,
1: they don't it. own the license.
0: Wait, so how does Netflix get the right to stream? It's just it? the
1: streaming rights.
0: Just like that? Just a set amount of time to stream it on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, well then how are they re it? Doesn't that imply they own the rights to change it?
1: No, Funimation owns the rights. Oh, okay. I would assume then is Funimation is like, giving it to Netflix. Funimation probably like, fuck yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. More money. Because, you know. You just have some...
0: the rights to stream it. You're not allowed to redub it. So but there has maybe, to be some sort of cooperation. Maybe
1: the contract just says, hey, you own everything. You know, yeah. as far as the English stuff goes. And, you know, maybe in the contract that Funimation owns. Or that AD. This is originally yeah. done by, I think, manga. Or AD, I think ADV owned the rights originally. I'd have to go look at my... Because
0: it'd be really weird TVs. if when the contract ends and it goes off Netflix, that version disappears forever. That, that, I mean, I that's
1: a good question, though!
0: You can't obliterate something that's a the great, internet. Dude, you just but a it great is weird if that dub goes
1: away. That's a great fucking question. Or, does Funimation then own the new dub, and they're gonna re-re-re-release with the new mm-hmm. Netflix dub on Blu-ray?
0: Yeah, it's It's bizarre. And did they, re? I mean, they recently redubbed it in a way when they came out with those movies, right? Were those Uh, all the original voice uh, actors?
1: No, I would probably say no. Because that's
0: an interesting question, too, is, like, we have the original dub, the kind of, like, halfway dub, I imagine, with the movies, and now they have, like, a completely new one of the original show. It's weird. Uh,
1: Spike Spencer, Brianna Petrie, Colin Klink, so we're going to
0: have, like, uh, three different ways to hear the characters.
1: Um, no, I mean... Okay, so Spike Spencer was Shinji in the movies. Mm-hmm. Let me find out now. Um, Evangelion. And now I'm really curious. I didn't even think about looking at it that far.
0: Yeah, because I don't remember hearing controversy when the movies came out, so I don't know.
1: Um... Oh wow. Uh no, they kept the voice actors. Spike Spencer was Shinji, Keith Allison, um Amanda, yeah. I mean, they changed some. So like, let's look at Ray and Oscar. Um Ray was Brianna Padlitsa and Oscar Anyway, yeah. So they did some. Point being, they did some voice character changes for whatever reason. Maybe the, mm-hmm. char- maybe the voice actor is no longer doing the voice acting. Maybe they've passed on. Maybe they just were too expensive. Who the fuck knows? For whatever reason. But the original, like, uh, Ray was Amanda Wynne Lee. And then in the movie, it's Brianna... Well, whoever I can't say your last name. Point yeah, they made just, some changes, but the main character, like Shinji, they didn't change Shinji. You know.
0: Um, yeah, I guess that's what I'm curious about. like, are they redoing it now because they want to make another Evangelion thing in the future, and they need new voice actors? I don't know. That's a great one. Oh. Which wouldn't really make sense. This to be made in Japan first, but. It just seems bizarre to change it unless they weren't available to redo it for technical reasons, which leads me to believe it's for vain reasons, which I don't like.
1: Let's see. Interesting. Oh, sorry. I said earlier it was Wendy Lee. Yeah, it was Amanda Lynn, a completely different person. I'm an idiot. <laughs> but she wrote on Twitter like, "No, it's not a rumor. I can't tell you how I know, but it's definitely true. They are redubbing." Um, hmm. they basically they're going to be streaming uh, everything the TV along with the two Death and rebirth shows, uh, in spring of twenty nineteen. Um, I, I I she said they were, She was disappointed with her the decision, and um, oh, they apparently they did Battle Angel too. They re-dubbed Battle Angel.
0: To be in line with the new
1: said, movie, uh, um, no, no, for Netflix, not the, hmm. not the movie. The, uh, the, Battle Angel was on Netflix, I think, for a while, or, or you know, is going, or is going did to they be. Redo it because I of think the movie. so. But yeah, basically, she said, "It feels like I'm being erased from everything I ever cared about, and poured my heart into." Original cast Netflix. When asked by a fan. Oh, so yeah, basically, she's saying. She feels like her work is just being marginalized.
0: Yeah, it's insulting, I think. I think she's reasonable to feel that way.
1: I don't. I wish I knew. I wish I knew why. I'm not finding anything. And I'll yeah. be honest, I didn't. I was just more curious about your opinion. I didn't come into this like, oh, here's why they're doing it. I, I don't know. I am generally curious, so like. Like I said, the dub isn't bad, but maybe they just think, like, hey, yeah. 1995 or, you know, or, you know, whenever it was, you know, 98 or whatever, when it showed up, uh, you know, here. And it's been re-released numerous times. But maybe they just think, like, hey, we get a better high-quality dub on newer technology. And,
0: uh, right, which and I'm in support of. So I do want to hear the defense of it. But if it's for vain reasons, then I'm on board with the person tweeting about it. It's insulting in vain. I don't really see the point.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you think though, so about, her, about her? About her thing about hey, like yeah, you're 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 basically you know I'm now being erased from history. Like no, I can't mean, enjoy true the fans show. will
0: know you were the original one. I think erased from history is dramatic, but like I just said, I do agree with the sentiment of the tweet. Is the if it is for a reason they think it can do better, it can only be construed as vain, and I don't like. It. Hmm. I support her opinion of being upset. If I okay. made something, and then someone redid it, like imagine if that happened in a live-action movie. They did. Uh, I mean, obviously, out. when remakes happen, it's usually fifty years later, and they have to do it with new characters because yeah. they're not alive anymore. Oh well, yeah,
1: I mean they they do movie remakes all the time.
0: Right, but this is different. Imagine it's made a year later in like the span of history for anime. It's kind of similar. It's made a year later, like the new Mission Impossible comes out, and a year later they redo it when someone owns the rights to it because they think they can replace Tom Cruise with, like, a better actor, which they probably can. I don't love Tom Cruise, but wouldn't that be insulting and crazy?
1: Well, I mean, look at the James Bond. I mean, they've had numerous, you know, James Bonds, and no one's, like, mm-hmm. throwing a fit and like, oh, my God. Everyone just kind of just accepts it and be like, oh, this is...
0: Yeah, I guess voice acting is different because you don't get a face to the voice, and... James Bond is very much like a, a continuum where people accept there's new James Bonds. Whereas this one, there's not really a reason to ever replace the voice because the voice can be the same. There's no person attached to it. The person is the animation, and if the animation is unchanging, why well, change the voice is how I feel. But, yeah, this is interesting. I do want to read more about it as a debate. I, mean, I guess you I think, say the
1: same thing. I mean, like, uh, D- D- Dragon Ball Z Kai... Did the same thing. Of course, Dragon Ball Z Kai was kind of like a a spin-off of, you know, the original retelling of
0: Dragon yeah. Ball. Yeah, and everyone kind of knew that the dub was never faithful to how Dragon Ball was originally anyway.
1: So, yeah, definitely interesting.
0: Like, they changed the dub a lot from <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Goku's very much mm, painted as, like, a goofy hero
1: Oh God, Superman I remember type. I was watching Kai... And it's the only Dragon Ball I've ever watched from start to finish. But I wanted to see what happened, so I started watching the Japanese. And -hmm. I was like, why the fuck does Goku sound like a girl? Turns out the Japanese voice artist for Goku is a woman.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but my friend who's a big Dragon Ball fan was explaining to me how in the West, in the dub, they make him a goofy Superman type. Yep. But in the actual... Japanese version, he's that way just because he wants to get stronger like as a motivation and just enjoys fighting. But they thought in the West, just him enjoy fighting is just like a weird...
1: (laughs) It's not like a heroic thing, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: So they kind of make him like a goofy hero in the dub, which is kind of changing the tone of the series. Which is why the things like the Cell games, I don't know if you watched all of Dragon Ball Z Kai or otherwise, but... I have, yeah. In the Cell games, you kind of... Like, you see it with Vegeta and his character's motivation to let Cell get stronger and become perfect Cell because he wasn't enough of a challenge to fight Vegeta, and then it fights him in the ass because now he's too powerful. Yeah. And it fits his character because in the dub, they kind of maintain what type of person he is. But Goku's the same, and it doesn't match his character. And when he's fighting Cell and then he makes his son do it, uh, it seems weird, right? Yeah. He's no. no longer, like, a hero. They have to keep that part of the story in there. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's, it's just bizarre.
1: All right. So, Well, want to wrap it up for here today?
0: Yeah, in wrap-up, I want to say definitely watch Bunny Girl Senpai. That show is
1: good. Okay. okay, I'll check it out. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Check out our review index for past episodes. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much.
0: This has been the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you have any feedback, head over to BonsaiBeat.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. While you're there, you can also find our review index, which has a list of all the anime that we've reviewed on the Bonsai Beat Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to add us to your favorite podcatcher. You can find links to do that on our website. Otherwise, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher Radio if that's easier for you. Once again, this is the Bonsai Beat Podcast. Thank you for listening. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send them to bonsaibeat at gmail.com.